It is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. I can barely hear you. Say something, Mark. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm trying Hold on. Head- headphones issues here. I'm not exactly sure what's going on. Yeah, I can barely be heard. But that's better, at least. I don't know. I did a lot of testing and equipment changes today, and evidently some of them got undid. I don't know. Anyway, it's Free Talk Live, talk radio you control. I'm certain that I'm too low at the moment, and I'm going to look into that momentarily. If our producer um, has any feedback, then they can send it to uh, to Conan. Conan. I'm, I'm the middleman. I'm the only one who gets to talk with the outside world tonight. Yeah, this is uh, <laughs> unfortunate, but 603-283-6160, if that's the call and light. I don't know why they're sudden- the audio levels are suddenly so low. When I spent the entire afternoon checking everything and it worked just fine, but here we are doing the show and we're much lower than I would expect us to be. But hopefully I can sort it out relatively quickly during the break. It's almost like something is muted as far as I can tell, but I I will sort that out. It's very, very unfortunate. And I'm being told that mics are overdriven, so maybe that's not an issue at all. I don't know. Maybe the studio music just came in louder than it was supposed to. Who knows? But 603-283-6160 is the call in line, and that actually is exactly what it was. So that was that was on me, is that being so much louder than it should have been. There you go. And so now this is the, what, the second evening that the studio has been up and running? It is, and it's never simple, right? I mean, a lot of this is foreign to me. I'm a musician. I'm not a broadcast engineer or anything like that. So trying to convert these skills from being a musician into building a broadcast studio are not exactly as straightforward as you would like. Another issue is that I just sort of had to go on my own knowledge, right? Because of the terms of my release, I can't just go online and Google Google things when I have an issue or when I don't know something. You're not allowed to use Google. I can now. Okay. Because I was banging my head on the desk last night trying to figure something out, and I just couldn't figure it out. So I asked, hey, can I go online and do this? And I did get permission to... Oh, isn't that nice of them? It is. Well, I mean, it would be better if I didn't... Take what we can get. Yeah. It would be better if I didn't have to ask permission in order to do that, but it, like you said, it is what it is. Yeah. And now I can do that. I can go online and, you know, Google, what is this microphone's impedance level? And then actually know how to do the math to calculate what I want stuff to be set at. So last night there was an issue with me being tinny, and tonight there's just sort of an issue with us hearing ourselves, mm. but that's something I will sort out going forward because I don't think it's it, – the broadcast levels appear to be just fine, except that I'm clipping, and I know exactly why I'm doing that. It's because you know when we came in so low, I turned myself and everybody else up and created clipping, so – so now what's the name of the studio again? Amadeus? Amadeus? Amadeus. Amadeus. is the name of the studio. And uh, it generally works a lot better when it's being used for the purpose that it was initially designed for, which is for music. Doing broadcast here is interesting. And I'm still mentally adjusting to that, right? Because for the last two and a half years or whatever, I went to the Free Talk Live studio or the LRN studio in order to do the show. And now it's just like, okay, I go down to what is essentially a living room, and do the show for the next three hours. It's very weird. Well, we'll see how it all works out. So, uh, I mean, we have to have two studios at this point. The 
Federal Bureau of Investigations and the U.S. Attorney's Office has decided that our hosts can't be together in the same room. It's just too dangerous. <laughs> okay. We're too dangerous. It's the so, government's had to so uh, limit us. Well, my attorney notified me today that he is, in fact, filing a motion to amend those conditions. And he reported to me that SISTI is filing a similar motion. So hopefully – I mean the, we know what's going to happen here, Right. The magistrate is going to say, uh, yeah, no, I don't want these people communicating because the government's objecting, and the magistrate's just going to do whatever the government wants. Did anyone mention a First uh, Amendment situation? I mean, like, by disallowing the main hosts of Free Talk Live to talk to each other, they're affecting the First Amendment rights, the rights of uh, speech and the press of 500 thousand people across the united states i mean that's about what our weekly listener numbers are and i mean you know we make a show where anybody can call in about anything and they can do so right now at 603-283-6160 that's 603-283-6160 and they can prove that anybody can call in and talk about what they want so therefore everybody who's listening to my voice has a first amendment right in this circumstance that's being infringed yeah, and I'll tell you, no you. attorney wants to touch that, but uh, it's it's my argument. Yeah, I would point out they have the right not just to hear you, the First Amendment right for you to speak and to broadcast on your radio show, but they they, as you point out, they have the right to also use this platform that you've built over the last two decades in order to express their opinions on national radio. Right, and that's always been the point. Of Free Talk Live. So if there aren't the main hosts, then we can't do the show. If we can't do the show, those people can't call in. It seems like a clear um, violation of the First Amendment to me. But you know, I mean, look at the hoops we've had to jump through just to keep the show going. It's it, been rough. It's not well, when ideal. The, when the FBI came into our uh, studio, busted in the window, sh- uh, shoved the door in, and pulled random wires out of the broadcast stack for no reason that I can discern at the very least, other than, uh, wire bad. You know, like, I don't get it. Well, I mean, they didn't really know what they were doing, right? It's standard procedure, as far as I can tell, for them to unplug any broadcasting equipment or anything that could possibly be internet connected you don't think these knuckle draggers understood that they were walking into a radio studio uh and i don't think they did and arresting actually. the engineer aren't these the same clowns who took the safe and then had to bring it back because they were looking for the bitcoin machine and they took the wrong damn box sorry i mean i've heard that but i didn't actually i mean i was you know on my way to concord or already in jail when that happened so i don't know if that actually happened or not it did. They came and confiscated the wrong <laughs> box and then had to come back with the tail between their legs. That's what I've heard, to, too. They had to come get the right machine. Well, they didn't just confiscate the wrong box. They destroyed it. So, I mean, safes cost, cost money. They didn't include 200 bucks or 300 bucks in that mm-hmm. uh, safe mm-hmm. that they had destroyed. It's, and this is what it means to work for the government. It means you can do whatever you want and you're not held responsible for it. It means you can do what you want and you never have to say you're sorry. Or, or including all the windows in the house, well, mo- all the downstairs windows, anyways. The door, the door on all the homes was busted right off its hinges. Yep. Well, they certainly took down Free Talk Live for a full day, and one episode did not get broadcast to terrestrial radio. Well, that's true, but several episodes after that were very, very staticky. So I'd say they took us down for a week. I would tend to agree. It wasn't until I was allowed to go back to the studio that some of that stuff was able to be sorted out simply because I was the one that Ian had showed all of that stuff too. And it's a, you think this is complicated, what you're looking at here on the wall, this 
increasingly, I think uh, the captain describes uh, Ian set up as a snake pit orgy of madness. <laughs> I'm fast working on putting one of those together. As yeah. It's just unavoidable. You need this to do that. I have this thing here that I haven't even integrated yet that needs to be integrated. Now, Ari, you said uh, prior that uh, you believe that they are intentionally trying to destroy this program. Especially when you consider the complications of That's certainly the, ho- what it looks the like. hosts not be able to talk to each other. The, I all have the, the damage. article by Jim Bovard that says they're coming for the libertarians. So if you'd like to read that. as uh, I would know. because I've been talking about that repeatedly, but I can't just go online and Google search for it to find out exactly what was said. But I do recall someone in the U.S. government saying that they were going after all of the – That was Brennan, I think. All of the extremists and, quote, including libertarians. The boat rockers. And then suddenly, a questioners of authority. Just a few months later, six libertarians in New Hampshire are arrested. I'm not saying it's because of Brenner or whatever you said his name was. Allegedly, the investigation here had been going on for more than five years, but the timing can't be ignored. And I don't know if they're intentionally taking down Free Talk Live or attempting to or not, but it certainly does look that way solely because they prevented all of us from having contact. With the person who has managed and produced and built Free Talk Live over the last 15 to 20 years. Yep. And it's very difficult to work within those confines when Free Talk Live has employed me and I'm suddenly not allowed to talk to my employer. Or the one person, the one person in our community who could come over here and help me get this stuff set up correctly and quickly, no contact. Very suspicious. So what are your thoughts? Are we being targeted? 603-283-6160. This is Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. Talk radio that you control. 603-283-6160 if you want to join the conversation. That's 603-283-6160. I would suggest joining the conversation while you can because it looks like, as far as I can tell, as the person who... You know, I initially said that the FBI didn't seem to be targeting Free Talk Live. You did say that. And I will I, verify that statement. And I said this it because... It frustrated me, but you said it. I know. I know it frustrated you. But I said this for technical reasons, right? Yep. They they knocked out the windows. They flew in drones. They threw window weights into the actual LRN studio there, but they damaged nothing. They pulled out some cables, sure, but they didn't cut the cables. They didn't damage any of the equipment. But that's because it would have been too on the nose of yep. them to do that. Instead... They're using the legal approach, as far as I can tell, to charge all of the people involved in a critical sense for Free Talk Live and prevent them from having communication with one another. How are we supposed to do a show without communicating with each other? It presents some interesting challenges, but you know we've risen to the task, I suppose, as much as we can. Anyway, <laughs> let's go to the phone. We got Vernon calling from Louisiana. Vernon, you're on Free Talk Live. So a few years ago, I remember calling in and I asked, because Mark always traveled out of state, you know, whenever it was the wintertime, and we wouldn't hear from him for months. And so I asked Ian, Ian, why don't you uh, why don't you let Mark and other hosts, you know, participate remotely? 
And I remember him saying, because the show was all about interaction and being there in person and all this stuff. And it's just really nice to see that Free Talk Live has the ability and has been forced, I guess, to, to, to allow hosts with great talent to participate remotely so that, you know, we can enjoy what you all have to offer because because that's one of the neat thing about radio is that you know you you probably can broadcast as long as you have the right equipment and the right kind of setup and so i just wanted to uh you know i i I know this is a negative experience and it's been thrust upon you all in a negative way but at the same time you know i think it's been a good way to maybe modernize how you all conduct the show i don't know any thoughts on that i'd say this um First off, yes, I will say that, that this is the silver lining. It is a mighty thin lining, <laughs> but um, it is the silver lining of what you're, you're talking about, that maybe that Free Talk Live can uh, – that, you know, uh, Ian has experienced some level of enlightenment over this. Um, I know that from before, before when I talked to him, when I could talk to him. Now I can't. Um, and it's with his blessing that these sorts of things go forward. Not that we needed it because he was in jail and we could have done whatever we wanted, but it's nice to have it. And as Aria pointed out, he does know the equipment better than anyone. Yes, and, significantly so. And that's it's significantly so. So what I would say is, is that um, in my experience is doing the show remotely. I am currently in the studio with both Conan and Aria right now. Um, I could reach out and I'd have touched uh, Conan just now. Uh-oh, you better um, wash them hands and get, get your goo out. It's got, we got COVID. <laughs> um, and it's better to do a show in studio with the people you're doing a show with. So when I was in Florida, I brought Henry Raines from the Henry Raines show on and I did a show with him with, you know, some audio problems, but we got it done. And uh, that was, it's just a superior way to do a show. Uh, Having everybody in the show, in the studio here in Aria's studio, whatever the name for it is. (laughs) I'm Deucius. Whatever that is. So named because Deucius is the demon of music. Yeah, thanks. If you go any further with this, I'm going to leave. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You can't leave. I have to train you so you can do a show Sunday. Yeah. From the demonic music studio. So the doozy uh, uh, studio here. And uh, (laughs) it's a doozy of a show we're doing. And I think it's superior. So those are my thoughts on it. Yes, uh, we're going to expand the idea of where Free Talk Live can be broadcast. But I think that Ian's fundamental idea is that it is superior to have people in the studio is still a true statement. Certainly. It's not always... uh, something you can do. I remember when we did Call to Freedom initially, uh, before any of us moved to New Hampshire, it was all done using, I think, uh, Ventrilo clients, and it was myself, Will Coley, and Tom Gray, and none of us were ever in the same room together. We could never tell when the other one had something to say. Yeah. Yeah. It was very awkward and difficult, and the shows just weren't nearly as good as they were when we when we came to New Hampshire and carried on Call to Freedom from the actual LRN studio. I mean, just being able to talk to each other during the breaks... Well, those you know, are the best parts, right? Well, and, and, and of course, I've been pushing, and I, I don't know that it'll ever see the light of day, but uh, airing the break uh, audio for, I don't know, maybe special listeners who, uh, the amp, amp, amplified listeners maybe, because some of the things that are said during the breaks are just off the charts <laughs> sometimes. Well, I would agree with you that uh, the breaks are useful stuff. I don't, I haven't seen any indication that amp numbers would go up if we went through all the work to air what goes on in the in the studio mm-hmm. at that time i i would if i if i thought that there was uh, value to it but i don't know Maybe. well there was a time where i wanted to get some sort of digital recorder that i could just you know set down and 
press record separately from everything else during the breaks, especially when it's Mark and me on, because Mark likes to give me crap about things, and I like. To I love Mark- to give uh, Aria crap uh, about uh, these sorts of things. Everything. I mean, you know, Aria's wearing panties right now. It's hilarious. Yes, thank you, thank you, Mark. I'm, I'm glad you find humor in the fact that I'm trans. <laughs> But I mean, some of the stuff he says during the break, it, it could never be broadcast on the terrestrial radio, nope. unfortunately. But it, it, <laughs> it's, it's true. It's hilarious stuff. And I think if people heard it, they would love it. But we don't have that sort of system in right. place. And it's not I don't know if it would increase amp funding or not, but it's something that I think people would enjoy. And it's still something I would like to do at some point. Right, and I uh, now you forced me into it. We've discussed the trans thing, so I have to you know back it off. I have to say, look, um, Aria works uh, with Free Talk Live. Uh, Free T- Aria was willing to work with Free Talk Live um, and works with Free Talk Live because of talent. It has nothing to do with how silly Aria's hair is or whatever <laughs> underclothes she chooses to wear or whatever her preference and pronouns are. Look, I choose to. To, uh, use she in referring to Aria because that's what she prefers and she has shown to me that she's valuable in my life so I want to keep her in it right like um, as long as and, and it's an added bonus that she can giggle about some of the jokes right like sure. um, I, I'm not going to take this if you can make good heterosexual old guy jokes I'm down it's, <laughs> but I mean we're kind of a boring crowd well there's that Biden incident this week what do you do He's he's he likes kids. Oh yeah, he likes to talk about them on the mic. What what did he say? Because this is the first I've heard about he's it. He's talking about a little ten year old girl and how she looks real real cute with her pigtails, like a nineteen year old. Stand- what? It's just he's just. <laughs> can, can you find the quote? What? Yeah. So I've got two different uh, thoughts on this. A, there's no doubt Biden's creepy, right? Oh, but B, he's undis- indisputably creepy. I was just watching a school bus go by today, and I noticed that school bus windows are tinted. And I jumped to the conclusion that school bus windows are now tinted because we don't want people lit- lecherously staring at our children because everybody, every adult that doesn't know a child wants to molest them because that's how crazy America has gotten. You understand? Like the idea You, you say that that's the perspective the, that's the perspective of lunatics, has. right? Okay. Like that if your kid walks outside nine rapists will jump on them and begin tearing their clothes off. This is crazy. I don't know because I don't have kids. I don't know how most parents, you know, view children. But getting back to Vernon's point, Vernon, thank you so much tonight for the call. I agree seeing uh, Free Talk Live being further decentralized is always a good thing because decentralization can only make something stronger. 603-283-6160. That's the call line. 603-283-6160. This is Free Talk Live. After a devastating war, the alien visitors were driven back and their willing human collaborators were left behind to face the music. When Emma Jean Anderson's ex-lover springs her from prison, Nathan Foster and his 14-year-old nephew Ben are tasked with bringing the pair to justice. An easy enough job until they discover something is inside Emma Jean and the fate of the planet hangs in the balance. The Family Business by Mike Coopery from BaneBooks.com. It is Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. You can take control of the airwaves, talk about whatever is on your mind, 603-283-6160. And with you in the Obdusius studio tonight, it's Aria. It's Conan. And Mark. So I'm second chair. 
I, I, now we're flipped up on our heads now. I don't know if there's really a second or third chair in this environment. I don't know. But, uh, you what know. Is, what is. All right, never mind. I don't want to get on that because then it'll, Mark will flip out. He doesn't want to hear about demons. <laughs> no, no, I go don't. Ahead. Uh, what would the demon? What would the demon of music? Uh, how would he cl- uh, position us? I have no idea. All right. Well, you got to work on it. You got to work I, on I your. Ju- I your, just took the name because your I demon, liked it. your demon feng shui. <laughs> Arya doesn't believe in demons. He is correct. But anyway, you know, I, I we ran into a sound issue earlier where I had the music turned way up for us and. It's frustrating to me because I spent the better part of six hours in here today saying into various microphones, it's Free Talk Live, and doing that whole thing just over and over. I've said that so many times today that I could just say it in my sleep at this point. I I will probably be muttering it all night as I sleep, in fact. But anyway, so we've been asking whether or not Free Talk Live is being targeted by the FBI or by the government, as it were. And, Mark, you have a quote from the guy who said this. Now, who exactly is this guy? Yeah, so um, there's there's a lot of this stuff floating around, and it's important to get it uh, distinct. The newspapers will tell you, no, no, they're not coming after the libertarians. And anybody who says that is wildly insane. And Well, yes, except the government, you know, some government goon has said exactly that. Well, I'll read it for you, and you can determine – what was said. So this is uh, uh, Brennan is his name. Hold on. He's defined here earlier. He's the former uh, f- former CIA director. Yeah, former CIA director. So he's not a person in power now. Right. This is the quote. I know looking forward that the members of the Biden team who have been nominated or have been appointed are now moving in laser like fashion to try to uncover as much as they can about what looks like very uh, looks very similar to insurgency movements that have been that we've seen overseas where they germinate in different parts of the country meaning the United States and where and they gain strength and brings together an unholy alliance frequently of <laughs> here's the unholy alliance frequently of religious extremists authoritarians fascists bigots racists nativists and even libertarians authoritarians <laughs> yeah i don't know why libertarians would be hanging out with authoritarians or or you know, fascists or nativists or, or bigots or whatever this all is but um you know to say that the libertarians weren't quoted as the uh i mean the government he says right here brennan says I know looking forward that the members of the Biden team who have been nominated or have been appointed are now moving in laser like fashion to uncover as much as they can about what looks very similar to insurgency movements that we've seen overseas. Mm, 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 mm. And then includes in these insurgency movements, libertarians, specifically libertarians. That's the word. And I'm a libertarian. Does this make me comfortable? No, it does not. Has everything I've seen so far say that Policing organizations are after libertarians in, the, say, the last uh, year. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen quite a bit of that. And uh, I would go so, fur- so far as to say, look, it's pretty clear since I've moved to New Hampshire, cops here don't like us. And one of the reasons is, is in many cases, libertarians point out that cops are the tip of the spear of the state. So if the government wants to do something, they employ police officers to do it. 
Yes. If they want they, to they round are the up your guns. Wing of the of the state. Right. If they want to round up your guns or they want to go after a particular group or they want to do this thing or that thing, they use cops to do it because cops are paid to enforce the will of the state. So cops ever the martyrs are always like, well, why does everybody hate us? <laughs> well, I got an idea. Maybe it's because you enforce victimless crime laws. Well, the politicians voted that in. You took the paycheck to enforce their rules. It's not like you didn't know that there would be victimless crime laws that were uh, were in place. And it's not like they don't have discretion because they absolutely do. They're not required to intervene if they see someone being murdered on the streets. And the U.S. Supreme Court has backed up that opinion. Correct. Right. That's the truth. So if, they're therefore no more obligated to arrest someone for having pot or smoking pot. They're not required to intervene in any crime. And I'm sure that plenty of cops have overlooked plenty of people with marijuana and all these sorts of things. The problem is, is that when you use discretion, you tend, as a human being, to use discretion um, in an unfair fashion. Yes, in biased ways. In biased ways. That's what it means. Discretion, in fact, it, you know, suggests bias uh, activity. So what really is the problem is the laws, but the police aren't – the police know that uh, victimless crime laws benefit them. They know it. Well, otherwise they don't get they, a paycheck. There just aren't that many actual victim crimes in, in Keene, New Hampshire for us to have a police department at all probably – but and, much less as many police officers as we have. And it's certainly true that uh, cops probably every day in America stop crimes with a victim. But, um, you know, <laughs> the the question is, is what's that worth? And um, that's, you know, what's the statistical likelihood of this occurring in the future and these sorts of things? And what's prevention mean? Is it the very, their very presence? Uh, did they throw themselves in front of a bullet to uh, protect an innocent, you know? Who knows? I'm not entirely convinced that there are very many crimes prevented by police in the United States each day. Well, let's say this. Um, the first off, we've read numbers that say 50 percent, five, zero percent, 50 percent of people who are more than 50 percent of people who are in jails, prisons, uh, holding facilities, probation and all these yeah, under some kind of supervision are completely victimless crime. Right. Completely over 50 percent. Now, then you think about. How many people committed a crime in order to get drug money or gambling money or money for whatever it is that the the crime that they didn't have, you know, because drugs, the price of drugs is driven up by the drug war. Right. Aspirin doesn't cost much because you can produce as much as you want as, as the uh, as the environment will carry. Well, that would be true with heroin, too. Now, I'm not advocating for the use of heroin, and I never Obviously would. Obviously not. But I will say that it's the drug war that makes heroin cost a lot. So there are heroin users out there robbing someone's house right now, potentially putting their pets and their family members in danger because of the price of heroin. And that's the politicians and the cops' fault. Not to mention the heroin addicts who are overdosing because they're getting heroin that isn't safe, isn't tested, wasn't made in a lab. And, you know, they don't know what they're getting. And again, it's to say it's the drug war causing that. They, I would agree with that, too. I mean, that's a fair statement. But I, I think that people are more concerned about victims than they are about the, uh, um, you know, the people who use drugs. But nonetheless, uh, it's true. And, uh, you know, ultimately, if you take out the people who are committing a crime in order to get the money to commit drugs, I don't know what that number is. But I'm just suggesting that if you ended the drug war, maybe you'd cut crime in the United States by 80 percent, eight zero percent. What politicians talking about that? 
What what cop is what sheriff is running on a tough on crime? Uh, you know, says that I'm going to cut crime by eighty percent. Here's Mark Edge on the radio right now saying, "Vote for me, I'll cut crime by eighty percent." Now I don't know what I'm ro- uh, you know running for, but by by God, write me in. I'm better than the other guy. Are you planning to run for Cheshire County Sheriff, Mark? No, no, no. I wouldn't run. I, I wouldn't run for anything in Cheshire County. Uh, New Hampshire, in my opinion, is kind of a lost cause. Well, then they can't write you in. No, they can write me in if they want. Okay, fair enough. But you wouldn't take the job? Oh, I'll take any job. I'll, I'll take any one of these political jobs I get. Believe okay. me, I'd, I'd fly back and become a resident of wherever I got the, the job <laughs> just, to, just to stick it to whomever. Unfortunately, yeah, I, I tend to think I would agree as well. Yeah. So, well, well, what about but you? I'm not a resident of uh, the mainland United States. So, but I'm not sure that you know I could actually serve in any political capacity without violating my principles. So I, I don't know whether or not I actually would. But I'm never, you know, going to get elected for anything. So it's kind of a moot point. The closest I got was probably the sheriff campaign, and that was like what twenty twenty two percent, something like that. Not bad. What are your thoughts? What would you do if you could be the sheriff? Would you end the drug war? Six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. It's Free Talk Live and 603-283-6160. That's the call in line. You can join the conversation, talk about whatever you want, or talk about what we've been discussing, which is, you know, the the fact that the powers that be have made it clear they are going after libertarians. And immediately after this, they started going after libertarians. <laughs> right. Well, it, the the fact that they we are we were lumped in with fascists, bigots, racists, nativists, authoritarians, you know, insurgents, and, and compared to the insurgencies of other countries that are currently, you know, you know, running up and down their streets with the Malto cocktails and flipping things over because their governments have been harassing them forever and ever, and it's like the people are finally stood up. You know, right. regular regular people. Not I'm, we're not talking about the Black Lives Matter. They're you know we're talking about regular you know uh, teachers and and uh, firemen and and uh, you know, male people. Well, I, I love how American. I think it's amusing how Americans like. The uh, the idea of insurgencies in many other countries out there, or, or, or just look at our media, look at our look at Hollywood. All of our heroes are insurgents. There are all the all the good guys are the pe- are the little guy. It's common. It's fighting. It's, Star Wars is a prime example. Yeah. Uh, well, it it certainly is. But even the cops uh, in the movies are often breaking the rules of the system in order to get things done. Dirty Harry. Mark, so, tell us real quick about Bitcoin.com. Bitcoin.com is your choice for all things cryptocurrency, whether it's uh, Bitcoin or the other cryptocurrencies you've heard of. Bitcoin.com is the place to get started. So you want to go there. If you've never heard about uh, cryptocurrency, please go watch their videos. You deserve that much. You should give yourself that gift to know. Just go to Bitcoin.com, click Get Started right there at the top of the page and watch the 10 minutes worth of videos that are there. Secondly, if you're, you know, a long-term Bitcoin and cryptocurrency user, go ahead and go to news.bitcoin.com and sign up for their updates because, well, you need to know this stuff. It's news.bitcoin.com. 
Thanks so much. It's still a kind of a murky gray area for me. I'm not sure whether or not I can even do the live read for Bitcoin.com because I'm suggesting or I am instructing people on how to learn about cryptocurrency. And it's not entirely clear if that's a violation of my terms of release or not. I think that um, I think that's a unlikely circumstance, but it's probably best if you don't go interpret your uh, release standards, you get uh, somebody else to interpret them sure. in writing. Well, I find it better to just you know hand the live read off to someone else, and then I have nothing to do with it. So, well, I'm a professional. Thanks. Let's go to the phones. We've got James calling from Michigan. James, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah. Be- uh, before the break, you guys brought up an interesting discussion point I struggle with, which is: Do you run for office and try to make change, or do you? So we'll say turn that position down in favor of uh, your ideals or morals or principles let me say uh, i'll jump in on this uh ra you can get yours first so first off i find the idea of turning it down based on your morals um boring like i i find this is all ho-hum um you and your your lofty morals i know you don't feel that way aria and uh you can go ahead and, uh, and address that but you know like oh goody another too good for his own good person out there. But um, what I would say, the question is really, is is it it worth? Like, uh, you've got, James, this limited time on planet Earth. I don't know your age, but I know mine. It's 50, right? So I've got somewhere between 20 and uh, 50 more years left on planet Earth. And do I want to use that time <laughs> – arguing with these a-holes over nonsense. I mean, I, I've seen what goes on in Concord and state capitals around the United States, and it's just a bunch of waste of time. I'd rather live my life enjoying it. Well, you don't have to run for state rep or Senate or anything like that. You don't have to deal with those idiots well, and, and their bureaucra- bureaucratic You're talking nightmare. specifically well, about running for sheriff. Or and, anything else, really. Okay. Well, well here's, here's a, more, uh, a, a more personal example. Yeah, go is- ahead. I, I'm in a position where I could probably run for city council and, and accomplish that, where you could actually make a local, you could argue you make local differences. Yeah. How city council is a powerful that? position. Um, it, here, here's my take on this, because uh, a couple of years back, uh, I actually voted for a council member for the first time who I actually supported, you know, one of the one of the someone from the community. And uh, I think he probably leans right right conservative and uh i i almost always agree with everything he brought to the table he was always uh criticizing the grandstanding that was going on on a regular basis on the uh, the corrupt uh the corruption of power that uh, that that these little council people uh, abuse on on a regular basis here in Keene. and uh he ran for for one term and uh and and after that he says forget this nonsense you know, here I am, uh, one out of fifteen people, yeah. and he was the only one who questioned the what was going on on a regular basis. And, and he finally said, "You know what? Screw this. Uh, I'm not. I'm going to do exactly what Mark says. I'm 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 in. I'm up in my years. I got other things to do, and I'm not going to be wasting my time uh, two times or once a week." Uh, with these with these a holes, right? And um, in this case, you're talking about a city council of 15 people. In many cases, it's just as it's just five, and you can get some things done this way or that way. Um, this is one of the reasons I say Keene is too far gone. There's lots of towns that are too far gone in one way or the, one direction or the other. <laughs> if you can get on the right city council, 
and get the right other you can get you can get a lot of things done there's no doubt but it's still monumentally boring oh yes if, definitely even if even if you're successful this is boring and it's designed to be boring to keep you out of it so that people with good sense that aren't power hungry crazy <laughs> lunatics um are will stay away i mean if you just go watch the i'm sure you can get it online but ladies and gentlemen, if you don't believe me, go watch your county commission meeting. Just the last one. You'll want to gouge your eyes out. It's so terrible. And you know, they always they uh, always you know, preface they, they always preface these meetings with we wish more people would participate. We wish more people would watch <laughs> no, this, this, these programs. No, they don't. They, they wish do. more people would co sign their BS. Yes, they, they, they don't want you I knowing. I wish there were more people that believed the crazy crap I believe. They do not want you know knowing what they're doing behind the shadows. Uh, because as soon as that happens, uh, you can see what's happened across this country where you have school boards that are basically being over overtaken by uh, concerned parents. It's like, what, what do you mean critical race theory? We don't even know what this is. Why are, you, why are you shoving this down our kids' throats? And then you have boards that are being overturned. You have little towns that are, that are you know, kind of in the same boat where concerned citizens are stepping up to the plate. It's like, yeah, we know this is boring. We know this is, you know, uh, it's, it's going to take – our you know hours out of our short existence but you know what we're not going to have these a-holes continue to do what they do which is you know run run ramp shot and this is why um the middle class has always been the patriots right like and i don't mean to exclude the lower classes but the people who are the rubber hits the road um you know these are the real patriots the people that care about governance because they don't have the ability to sort of pick up and leave and just get out. Um, if you're, you know, retired and you've got your pension and some money, you can go live anywhere. You can go live in Florida and play golf. You can go live in Belize and uh, not have to deal with the the federal government. Live like a king on your your pension. You don't have to deal with it. But it's the middle class people that uh, really have to pick up the stick. Which James? is which? I, the last time I checked, was dying in this country. Middle class. James, I, I had him on hold because oh. you were just talking. James, are you still with us? Yeah, yeah. I was I was going to argue that uh, I, at a certain level, enjoy the entertainment of picking on the city council when I would attend the meetings on subjects that I didn't agree with. You're the right person mind, for the job. Them apart. Yeah. <laughs> it, You're the right person for the job. The thing is, is that you would have to be careful that you didn't pick them apart and tear them apart too much because then they won't be your friends and then they won't do what you want them to do. They'll yep. vote against you because they don't like you. Yep. James, thank you so much tonight for the call. It's an interesting question, and you know, when I ran for sheriff, I, I would have served as sheriff primarily because it didn't require me to swear an oath. It was it's one of the few elected offices in New Hampshire that did it, so I didn't have to you know swear it. You don't have loyalty. to. You, you don't have to swear to uphold the Constitution. To not from it. what I could tell. I think I don't think so. I think I, mean, I, think I, every... read, the, I read the statute. It did not include. Um, the sheriff's office and the capacity that they serve in. Right. But I could have done it in a way that did not conflict with my moral principles. It would not have been easy, but I could have and would have done it. So I would have served if I would have won, but obviously I didn't, and I never intend to do that again. Now, the only thing that I've uh, run for is delegate to the state convention for the Republican Party in the state of New Hampshire, and I've won all of those elections. Oh, no, I ran for a budget committee in my town because I didn't think anybody was running against me. But then when another person ran, I endorsed them and uh, sort of – but I couldn't drop out. Like I was still on the ballot. Right, but you didn't really want to be. You were just trying to fill the spot, and then someone else actually turned out to be. Right. I thought I'd be a good choice, but I thought they were a good choice too. And if they want to go do it, by all means, have at it. Six zero three. 
888-283-6160. You're welcome to call in and join the discussion. It's Free Talk Live. Breaking weather news. Belize is sunny and around 82 degrees every day this week. What's the forecast for your life? If current politics and economic prospects are cramping your freedom, escape to the tropics. UCI Development has affordable second homes for you to own or rent in Belize and other tropical countries. Places with stable governments and growing economies. Secure your freedom now. To find out more, send an email to ftl at ecidevelopment.com. It is Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. That's the call-in line. You're welcome to join the discussion, 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. And Mark. And Conan. And I should specify, with you from the Omdusius studio tonight, because we are not in the LRN studio, as someone has just noticed on Twitch. I don't know which Twitch they're looking at, but... You can find us at twitch.freetalklive.com. We are not in the LRN studio because I am not allowed to have contact with Ian, who is under house arrest, which means he essentially can't leave the LRN studio. And Mark is not allowed to have contact with Ian, who, as I said, is at the LRN studio. Yeah, and I've got to say, as the um, you know, one of the ministers of the church that has to pay for all of this equipment uh, that has to go into play, this is annoying. Yeah, we were actually just talking about that. Uh, the audio device that I purchased a few weeks ago in order to I – mean, I bought it to be a compressor, right? That was the sole purpose I wanted it for. But suddenly I had to have three microphones and not just two, which is what I was running previously. Yeah. So I had to – you know, adjust it to be the preamp that I wanted it to be. And the audio quality, I was just listening on the stream, it's not there. I'm just going to have to get another one of the pieces of equipment that I have already and run this mic to it because this one's just not cutting it. The The sound quality from U2 is fantastic, indistinguishable from the LRN studio. The sound quality for me is horrific, and okay. it's driving me crazy. All right. Uh, I guess you can tell the difference. <laughs> I can't in the headphones. It's not as prominent in the headphones as it is in the live stream. Okay. And I don't know how it's coming out on terrestrial radio because obviously I'm doing the show and not listening on terrestrial radio. But during the breaks, I can pull up you know, my YouTube channel and see what it sounds like. And it's, it's not good. I mean, it's tolerable. It's not like it's bad. I got rid of the tinniness and all of that. But there's some equalization issues that I just have to sort out. And, and that's the compressor, not the mic. Right. Yes, that, okay. that's the actual compressor doing that. The mic is awesome. The mic is brand new. Okay. But yeah, so that's why all of this is taking place because Mark and I aren't allowed to have contact with Ian. It's amazing that Mark and I are allowed to have contact, mm-hmm. really. But my attorney specifically asked, and it's good to go. So there is that. Yeah, it's strange. <sighs> so I've got this story from uh, Jim Bovard, who is longtime libertarian writer, about uh, – we were talking about how the government is coming after libertarians. And we read a quote from uh, Brennan, a former FBI director. CIA. CIA. Excuse me. CIA director. That he, said, he's the one who was talking about chemtrails a couple years back. OK. I don't know. Um, and that said basically that 
the the government is uh, the Biden administration is laser like focused on getting a bunch of groups among them libertarians. Sound right? That sounds sound like right. A fair statement. Okay. Uh, he, he lumped us in with a lot of other groups, and uh, he 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 is uh, thinking the Biden administration with laser like precision should take us all out. On the day that Joe Biden was inaugurated as president, former CIA chief John Brennan announced on television that federal intelligence agencies are moving in laser-like fashion to try to uncover as much as they can about various suspect groups, specifically mentioning libertarians. Libertarians are in the federal crosshairs. Six or seven years ago, there was a lot of prattle about the libertarian movement has arrived I always knew this was hokum. Since then, there's been a huge increase in hostility to libertarians in Washington, D.C. and everywhere around the country. People who have power do not like people who don't want them to have that power. Libertarians don't want them to have that power. Correct. Many libertarians generally don't want that power. Right. Libertarians are working it's, hard to set you free. and It's a very weird conundrum, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, we, we are – effectively attempting to seek power so that we can dismantle the power structure. Or at least that's the claim. I don't know how many of the libertarians running for office are actually going to hold to that. I mean, we've that, that's a, that is a good point because that takes us back to last segment where we were actually talking about libertarians running for office. And it's, it's really uh, – it, it kind of – it's opposite of how we handle our own affairs. It's, you know, what we, what you want me to work to actually, you know, rule over other human beings. That's not how I wake up in the morning, man. It just doesn't work. It isn't, but I'm worried. You know, every revolution in human history has had people who said, Hey, no, we don't actually want to control you or be your dictator. We want to set you free and allow yeah. this beautiful it's ecosystem people want to, to be set flourish. Free. They don't want a new person to rule them, but that's in fact what the vast majority of them want to do to you. Yes, and then they get into power, and suddenly they're like, oh, yeah, we want to actually – ooh, yes, they get that – Get a little taste. Well, yeah. I mean, like take Cuba, for instance. They're still calling their government the revolution. I mean, that revolution occurred before I was born, and I'm 50, and they're still calling it the revolution. Now, the United States government was founded by a revolution. We do not call our government the revolution. No, and because it isn't. It's more of the same. It's more of the same. But, you, but you know, I will argue that uh, we're talking that people don't want another ruler. They don't want to be ruled. But I, no, I don't think that's true. I think there is a large segment of the population who really do like uh, everything being laid out for them. I think I they think really like to be told what to do. But I think it's because they've never had a taste of freedom and the idea just terrifies them. I, I Exactly. I don't think – I think on, on some level they know that uh, making their own decisions – uh, being responsible is is a lot of work, and they just don't want to put up with it. They'd rather have everything laid out for them, told to told to them, uh, and ordered to them by uh, by someone who they think might be smarter than them. I mean, look at follow the science. Look at the follow the science people. Well, I think they don't want to be ruled by somebody who's smarter than them as much as they want to be um, part of the ruling class. So, for instance, if you're uh, a Democrat, you know, or you identify as a Republican or you're, you're closer to one or the other of these. You want your people in charge of the team because that way you can, you can watch your people shove some unpleasant policies down the throat of the people that you dislike the uh, most. Of the other because tribe. remember, nobody, no Democrat votes for the Democrat because they like the Democrat. 
They vote for the Democrat because the Republican is terrifying, and vice versa is absolutely true also. Sure, it's a hate cell. It's just a perpetual game of vengeance against the other party. The Democrats get in, and they punish the Republicans for what the Republicans did when they were in power. Then the Republicans get in, and they do exactly the same to the Democrats. And meanwhile, you got us in the middle. We're looking at there's got these, <laughs> you had these two tribes on either side of us throwing their their feces at each other like yep. like like chimpanzees. Well, I, I think that I can tell you in New Hampshire, the mistake has been made by the Democrats to vilify the li- libertarians as just more Republicans and uh, thus creating that as true. Right. Like, um, you know, if somebody acts like your enemy. You're going to treat them like your enemy. And so the libertarians who've gotten in power, and at this point they are legion in New Hampshire, yep. um, they treat the Democrats as their enemy a bit more than they do the Republicans. And that's the fault of the Democrats. They never said, hey, let's work together on some issues that we agree on. They never did that. They're Which always like, get away from me, you cootie driven capitalist. Oh, yeah. It really, you. it really hit home this last year with all the mask mandates and, uh, you know, uh, it just uh, it just it just brought out a whole nother level of these people. And you know what? I don't vote Democrat or Republican. And yet I'm going to tell you, I have a I have a really hard time with Democrats. Yeah, with, I, I I tend to have the same uh, sort of thing. And uh, I I know that I know I wouldn't as a libertarian, I wouldn't pass for a Democrat very well. Many will. You know, they, libertarians come from both sides, but I'm concerned about economic issues. And as far as I'm concerned, uh, Democrats are economically illiterate. Yeah. Like they, they just I, don't I know what they're talking agree. about. Now, when it comes to social issues like the Republicans hate now my gay friends, well, screw the Republicans. But um, best I can tell, my gay friends have all the rights they need. It's just the Republicans don't like them. Well, so what? There's people in the world that don't like you. Tough. You know, like, yeah, but, yeah, but I mean, even even pro-social issues are they even that these days what happened to the anti-war left what happened to the now they're all talking about critical race theory and whatnot and they need they want everyone segregated i got called a bigot today by an anti i got called an anti-trans bigot today by a leftist and you're uh, did they see you i I presume they knew i was trans before they said it but they certainly know now but yes uh compared me to caitlin jenner and called me i don't remember exactly what it was but definitely a bigot it's absolutely insane how intolerant the left really is on it's social true. issues. It's absolutely true. Talking about. What are your thoughts? This is Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. If you want to join the discussion, that's 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, it's Aria. And Mark. And Conan. And I want to tell you about ForkFest because I'm looking forward to it. It's just 20 days away. Just I, I just have to get through a little over three more weeks at my other job. And then it's two weeks of, quote, vacation where I will be at Rogers Campground for June the 21st through July the 4th. Only part of that is actually ForkFest, so that's June the 28th through July the 4th at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. You can learn more about it at ForkFest.party, but basically it's a decentralized fork 
of the Porcupine Freedom Festival. There's no one in charge. In fact, I would characterize ForkFest as being the full two-week period, and I would say that the decentralized method methodology of ForkFest has allowed the Porcupine Freedom Festival to take place concurrently with ForkFest. At any rate, June the 28th through July the 4th, I'm going to be there. Mark, I imagine you intend to make an appearance at some point. Well, I wasn't intending to go because I was calling it Subpoena Fest um, with my, uh, you know, the, the federal subpoena that was uh, tracking me down. But as the story I will tell a little later here, I received that subpoena and it wasn't very pleasant. Well, it rarely is. Now, I do consider it FBI Fest. Um, but I've always just sort of considered it FBI Fest. Yeah, but at this point, what's the FBI going to do to you? I mean, you're already out right. on bond. Um, I, on the other hand, until very recently, had a subpoena hunting me, and I wasn't going to do anything to help them to serve it. <laughs> Fair point. Anyway, ForkFest.Party is the website if you want to learn more about it. It's ForkFest.Party. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to be there. A lot of other liberty-loving people will be there. So come up and check it out. Plus, there's a fireworks show to look forward to. Ooh. And that's going to be, I believe, on July the 3rd. But, Mark, tell us this story about the subpoena. Well, uh, I do want to get finished with a story okay, about uh, from Jim Bovard one. with the uh, Libertarians, but it is long. So since I teased it, I'll go ahead and tell the subpoena story right now, and then we'll jump back into the Jim Bovard, the, feder- the federal government is coming for the Libertarians uh, shtick, okay? Okay. So um, basically, the uh, the FBI came to town in Keene, New Hampshire, a few weeks after the raid, and a couple of weeks after the raid, and said, uh, hey – Ladies and gentlemen, we've got some of the things we took from you that we shouldn't have taken from you, and we're trying to give them back. And so they literally called in, uh, you know, many of the people that were arrested or their family members or other people who were involved and said, here's your stuff, and gave several of them their stuff. Oh, how nice of them. Two of those people, Chris Reitman, a former co-host here, and Bonnie, uh, who is a co-host on the show currently, yeah, uh, contacted me, and I believe these are the two that contacted me and said, hey – this FBI agent, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, says that she has some stuff that was taken from you during the raid and wants to return it to you. Yeah, I had heard this story, and it seemed weird to me. I don't believe they took anything of yours during the raid. They did take some things of mine during the raid, or at least the, the Shire Free Churches that I would like to have seen returned. Um, but And I was kind of surprised at the notion, but delighted and enticed at the notion sure. that they would uh, have given it to me. But I wisely had my attorney call to say, hey, what's that stuff? Uh, I'd like to get that from you. And they said, oh, that stuff is a subpoena. <laughs> Are you Mark's attorney? Because we'd like to give it to you because we don't like to work. Now, the first thing these people did was forge their weapon in evil, right? They told a lie yep. to get me to come and get their subpoena. They never like this is the this is the thing about yeah, these people. That's shocking, right? Well, it's not shocking. This is the raid that should have been a phone call, right? They never called Free Talk Live or Ian or anybody and said, "Hey, we think you're doing some things that might be uh questionably legal. We'd like to give you some guidelines on how you can handle this." Nothing like this. That's what bothers me most about this is that all of this could have been done by just knocking on my door at a reasonable hour. Yeah. And uh, so there was no benefit whatsoever 
to them conducting a raid on my property. There's except, a benefit ex- to them. Except flaunting their power and sending a message. Well, it didn't work because I stood right there on the stairs refusing to obey the command they were giving me to disrobe. Disrobe. Yeah, I was wearing a pair of underwear and a throw blanket, and they were telling me to put my heads in the air, which was going to cause the blanket to fall, and I just flat refused to do it, and I didn't do yeah. it. And in the end, I won that particular Were they little, pointing guns at you? They were. Oh. And I brave. won that particular battle of wills. Well, so, what were they going to – really? They, they want to file a report about how the they This is the Federal shot. Bureau of Investigations. They walk into people's houses and shoot them more often than, than they will admit. They just Absolutely. do it. And – no, there's no evidence that it, were there body cams of these people. I don't know. Nothing to leak. I can assure you. But they would not have been able to win the media war of shooting the trans activists who made international headlines last year by running for sheriff. That would have done nothing to help their case. Uh, I, I might agree with you on that uh, statement. So anyway, um, they uh, they tried to give me this subpoena, and then I'm like, well, now. I'm not playing ball. I don't know what I would have done otherwise had they said, ring, ring, hey, Mark, we have a subpoena for you. It doesn't sound good, right? Um, well, but a I, subpoena is never a good thing. But I definitely am not playing ball when they forge their weapon in evil. And uh, then, uh, you know, I mean, they it just got kind of lax, uh, lax, right? Like there's no, no one visited my mother's house trying to find me. Nobody that I know of visited the house uh, that I'm renting currently. They... You know, I, they didn't come to the studio. They didn't do anything that I know of trying to serve me a subpoena. And then I had a uh, a trip to Central America for free private cities, checking sure. some stuff out. And, um, well, they got me on the way back. Uh, there was I was on really? the plane uh, uh, flying in from Central America and – you know, everybody stands up. We land, go to the, uh, you know, get out there and everybody stands up like they do right when you, you know, the plane's landed. We can take our seatbelts off. Everybody stand up and jock- jockey for position because sure. we'll get outside 30 seconds faster than we would have. Mm-hmm. And um, the the fellow that was running the, uh, you know, the head flight attendant person said, Mark Etchington, Mark Etchington, I need you to come to the front of the plane. Right. Oh, and that's never good. Right. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the door had been opened and he was chatting with somebody out there. And I'm like, oh, I know what this is about. Well, so, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to second guess my actions, what should I have done? Right. Everybody's standing. It's not like I'm going to run to the back of the plane or anything. Yeah. I mean, you were cornered. Yeah. So I was cornered and I went to the front of the plane and uh, the guy said, are you Mark Edgington? And I said, I'm not answering questions today. So he <laughs> touched me with a piece of paper and, uh, you know, handed that piece of paper over and I took the piece of paper and that's that. Uh, that That is a good story. I like that. I'm not answering questions today. <laughs> yeah, I like to give them the idea that I w- might answer questions tomorrow. Right. <laughs> tomorrow I may answer your question, but not today. It's a good libertarian. I mean, obviously they served you the papers anyway. Uh, presumably... <laughs> How did they identify you as Mark Edgington? I guess they knew what you looked like. And, the, you know. they, the flight attendant called me to the front of the plane, and I came. <laughs> so point. there I am. Um, I couldn't go to another seat because, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just they would have come to my seat. I was in my seat. It's really unfortunate that they they started all of this with the lie. Deceit is never a good place to start anything. Six zero three. Two eight three sixty one sixty. 
The Terran Federation and the Terran League have been killing each other for decades. Sheltered, wealthy, and light years from the threat, the members of the 500 have no interest in changing that. When Rear Admiral Terrence Murphy is given governorship of a backwater system, a risk-free path to wealth and power is his for the taking. But Murphy is a man of honor, duty, and responsibility. He intends to stop the killing, whatever the cost. Governor by David Weber and Richard Fox from BaneBooks.com. It is Free Talk Live. Join us. Take control of the airwaves, express your opinions, talk about whatever is on your mind. Because that's what we do here on Free Talk Live. We provide a platform for you to share your opinions on national radio on more than, or at least close to, I don't know the exact number, 200 radio stations across the United States, not to mention Sub-Saharan Africa, Asia, and, you know, on the internet in general, so worldwide. And if you value that, if you value the idea of being able to express your opinions, whatever your opinions are, even if we disagree with you, and we will disagree with you if we so happen to, then check out the AMP program. You can find out more about it at amp.freetalklive.com. It is money that is used strictly to advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live. Noble SHT is tonight's amplifier, and we appreciate that amplification so much. As I said, it's five bucks per month, and this money is used strictly to advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live. Hits his name, the AMP program. It's the best way to help Free Talk Live grow to reach a larger audience. Check it out, amp.freetalklive.com. Noble SHT, thank you so much for listening and for supporting the show. So we're talking before we got into the story about the, your subpoena, and, yeah. and I, I love that. I'm going to just start using that all the time now. It's just I'm not answering questions today. Yeah, but you're in the service sector, so you can't like go up to your customers and be like, "Can you help me find where my pizza is?" And you're like, "I'm not answering questions today. Go back to your seat." That just doesn't work. So you have to be real I can't careful how you that use it. In some contexts, <laughs> no, but I mean, there are other contexts. Where I could use it. I like the idea of only asking questions of law enforcement that's asking me questions. I agree. And I'm curious. Um, my attorney is ultimately going to want to put me on the stand in this in this federal case against me because I want to be on the stand. I think that's my best course of action here. But am I allowed to answer their questions with questions? Because You that- are if they don't say anything about it. Okay. I don't think that once you're on the stand, I don't think that there's much getting away with it, right? Like you've you've sat on the stand, and now it's time to answer some questions. Um, And you know, in theory, I would answer questions, but I would answer them not in a way that they were expecting. Well, that's uh, you certainly don't want to walk down the primrose path. Uh, What is that? The primrose. I I don't exactly. Uh, Conan, go ahead and look up what what the primrose path is. But um, the primrose path is this notion that you begin walking down this uh, delightful little path and then, boink, something hits you on the head. And perhaps you're robbed or whatever whatever happens in the story that has to do with primrose paths. I don't know entirely. But um, that's the idea is you don't want to walk into the trap, whatever the trap is. 
Makes sense. And uh, But it's difficult to know what that trap is, and that's why you don't answer the questions if you can avoid it. If you're on the stand during your own trial, uh, there are a lot of people who believe you're guilty if you don't just take the stand. Period. End of story. Right. And Well, it humanizes you to the jury as well. And, and that's always a benefit. There's really no downside to that if you can be careful. But one of the issues I've seen in the in the liberty community in particular lately is that so many people just assume that they can be careful when talking to cops. Like they, they just assume that they know how to not reveal information or they believe that whether or not they assume – I mean they believe – they know how to talk to a cop and not give out any information. And That's yet- how Ian went, uh, got convicted on his uh, situation with his name change. Are you familiar with the story? I am not. Okay. Well, I, uh, I know something happened and it was some clerical error somewhere, that, uh, but I don't know how. Sure. I, I was there for every step of it, so I'll go ahead and tell you. So there's this guy. He's a little smug. Uh, he does a libertarian radio program and has done it for, at that point, something like 15 years telling people, don't talk to the cops. Right. Over and over, don't talk to the cops. So the cops come to the door, and he immediately rushes right out there, hammer and nails in hand so that he can crucify himself to the nearest cross. <laughs> right? And he uh, – um, <laughs> that, that doesn't sound unlike Ian, I have uh-huh. to say. And so the cops ask questions. They uh, pick up some, you know, they they get the information they want. He has no idea what this is about, other than you know, like they're asking specifically about his name change. Well, it turns out which is weird. Some name, uh, well, it's his name was changed. Then they wanted him to change his name because they wouldn't use his, uh, you know, his pref- preferred name until he changed his name. So he goes through their process to right. change his name, and then they. Arrest him for it. Now, you have to, what you have to remember is, is that, you know, they put in some paperwork and, and apparently they needed to redo something and they couldn't redo it because his name was changed and he didn't have documents for the new name and he was basically stuck in a political limbo, right? Uh, his name, he both existed and didn't exist all at the same time. So their bureaucrat who's there helps him out with the paperwork and gets some stuff done and, and everything's sure. fine and he's got the name change. Well, the cops find out about it. In some manner or another, and they don't arrest the bureaucrat who was there every step of the way. They arrest Ian, and uh, they run him through trial, and they find him guilty. Wait, wait, wait. What, why did they arrest him? What were the charges? His paperwork was put in uh, the wrong order. It was really? Unsworn falsification is the uh, so he did not swear to tell the truth, and he did not still tell the truth. So, but uh, he he did tell the truth, right? It was a clerical error or something like that. Look, I'm not here to lit, uh, litigate the case, but I will go ahead and okay. say that it was in fact the truth what they were saying, what the the state was saying that he, um, you know, that he was involved in telling something that wasn't true because his name was changed, but it wasn't changed all at once. Like he was literally in a political limbo. There was nothing that could be done to undo this Gordian knot. He would have been a non-person for the rest of the life. Had this bureaucrat not done what they did, and then the other bureaucrats come and arrest him for it. That's what I'm. That's my claim is on this. Okay. So then, uh, you know, he gets found guilty, and I write a letter to the judge. Please let me come in as a character witness for the uh, for this, uh, because you know. Ian can't say anything that makes these people happy. They literally, <laughs> in the sentencing that I was there for, I didn't go for any of this other stuff. I'm, I'm wasting my time on Ian's shenanigans as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> um, in, I, I'm sitting in there, and they literally asked for six months in jail for their p- paperwork snafu. 
Like, this guy has to go to jail because we had a paperwork snafu and you're going to six months for jail, right? And I said, look, your honor. And he's like, could you tell everybody who you are? Oh, I thought I was notorious. My name is Mark Edgington. I am uh, Ian's co-worker. I've worked with him for many years, and I probably know him better than anybody on the planet. So not uh, I'm not answering questions today? For better or for worse, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, and uh, basically, I said, look, this is going to be a hardship on my business if you send Ian to jail. For six months. For six months. For a clerical error. And, and I'd like to make a suggestion, if you would, Your Honor. Everything you've ever wanted to get out of Ian, you've gotten when he wa- had a uh, uh, suspended sentence. So give him a suspended sentence. He doesn't go out. He doesn't mess around at all. He always does what he's uh, advised to do. So you'll get what you want, and you won't have to pay uh, the extra money for bologna sandwiches while he's in jail. And the judge loved it, gave him like one or two years or something suspended sentence, and Ian walked out a quote-unquote free man. Now, what does that mean, suspended sentence? A suspended sentence uh, basically says you abide by this set of rules that we have. It's like probation almost, Okay. Uh, but there's no probation officer. You abide by this set of rules that we have for you, and if you don't, you get this – you get two years or whatever the suspended sentence is. So presumably this is like don't get arrested and those sorts of rules? Yeah, and okay. I actually asked for a suspended sentence. I'm like, you know, it makes my life easier because I don't have to deal with this bull crap <laughs> when he's on suspended sentence. You know, so, uh, you know, I played both sides. Honestly, I was glad I was I was delighted at the, how it turned out. And I do uh, appreciate the judge for this, um, you know, and he actually I met him up before I put the letter in. I'm like, how do I address this? And he's like, send a letter and then you can be a, a character witness in the sentencing. So the judge actually set this up. Okay. Um, I, met, I saw him at the gym and you know chatted with him about it, um, and he said as much as he could say without saying anything, right? Gotcha. By the way, the Primrose Path, yes. it's a life, it's an easy life of pleasure that's not necessarily good for you. Okay. So, not so perhaps I had misinterpreted a little bit, but not terribly well. No, and it's still something to consider when you know, taking the stand in your own defense. Yes. What are your thoughts? 603-283-6160. This is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160 if you want to join the discussion. That's 603-283-6160. And front and center for all of us here at Free Talk Live are the Crypto Six. That's myself, Ian Freeman, Nobody, Andy and Renee Spinella, and Colleen Fordham, the 60-year-old grandmother. For those who somehow have missed all of this, like the the guy on Twitch earlier who was ha- who was asking, you know, why are you in a new studio how could how could you how regularly do you listen to the show that you don't know the answer to that? Right? Well, Free Talk Live's broadcast on nearly two hundred radio stations across the country, and there are people tuning in all of the time that do not know. And this is one of the things about a radio program that's different than, say, a podcast, is that you need to be prepared for those new listeners. They could be twenty percent of the audience right now. Well, this is a D Live guy. Right. I know. I, I, I understand. Sure. Well, that's what you're saying, but I mean. There, there truly yes. are a bunch of people who have no idea what you're talking about when you say Crypto 6. Yeah, so the six people I just mentioned um, were arrested, were raided and arrested on March the 16th of this year. 
coming up on the three-month anniversary of that, in fact, uh, all, all related to cryptocurrency and other white-collar crime nonsense, uh, uh, white-collar – Things that people like shouldn't have been held in jail for at all, and nobody's still there. Well, there certainly was no justification for a raid. I mean, the indictment, when you break it down, it's essentially a- alleging operation of an unlicensed business. I don't think the feds normally, you know, take out windows and fly in drones over such charges. I don't think the FBI even normally gets involved in those things. They just maybe show up at noon, knock on your door and say, hey, uh, here's here's you need to deal with this. Right. Right. If FinCEN had a problem, then they should have sent their, you know, a letter (laughs) or something. That would have been nice. Yeah. So you can find out more about it at thecrypto6.com. There's an awesome video there that someone put together. I don't know who did it, but it's an awesome video. Check it out, thecrypto6.com. What's happening with us is going to affect cryptocurrency for a long time. It's already affected my world of cryptocurrency. Not having any access whatsoever to cryptocurrency is its crippling when you've lived in New Hampshire for two years and you've just sort of Use cryptocurrency. Yeah, because everywhere accepts it. Well, not everywhere, but a lot of places accept it, like the convenience store next door that I was visiting every single day. And, and using Free Talk Live, at. your job, uh, it was the first media in the world to accept cryptocurrency for advertising, and we are thoroughly enmeshed in the cryptocurrency community. Yes. So in many cases, I'm like, Aria, order that uh, mic compressor. And you're like, I can't. Because I'd have to use the crypto, the you know the uh, the church's crypto, and I don't have access to it. I can't do it, and that's well. Frankly, it's irritating as hell, um, and it's it's a bit worse from my perspective. I'm sure it is, but just as the boss who's like, get this done, uh, you can't do it. Uh, well, then you know somebody who was supposed to be delegated the task, I now have to do it, and that's you know irritating. It, yeah, it is. Yeah. I'm not having any more fun with it than you are, but I'm, I'm sure you ha- you're having less. Hopefully, you know, and you know, I talked with my attorney about the possibility of maybe making that particular restriction go away, considering you know how. And he didn't it, want to touch that with a ten foot pole. Well, he was willing to. He just suggested to me that it might not be wise. Yeah. And in the end, I I tended to agree with him. Okay, that, so that, he made a case for it. Yeah, and it's just better to just work around it. Okay. Hopefully, one day. But yeah, check out thecrypto6.com because it's all related to cryptocurrency and suddenly I can't use it. And nobody that's formerly Rich Paul is still in jail. My attorney actually sent me the detention order today, which I hadn't seen yet because I hadn't been on Recap or Pacer or whatever. It's uh, it's It's confusing to me why Rich Paul on a line that he knows is being recorded and monitored, is saying such things. Well, I understand frustration. Yeah, he's uh, he waxes hyper- hyperbolic and he uh, you know gets frustrated and these kind of things. I basically um, – I don't know exactly what he said, but let's say he called for a revolution on the, uh, the phone line, right? Um, well, the- not that he suggested he would participate in such a revolution, just that he called for it. The actual text of what he said was in the detention order. Okay. Yes, I, I, I saw it. I know that it's public record, but I could not quote it from memory. I can assure yeah. you of that. I can't either. I, I remember the part where he said, you know, it, it's time for the boogaloo or yeah. something to that Which effect. is calling for a revolution. Yes. And um, in a much more uh, socially unacceptable manner. <laughs> um, 
So, yeah, he called for a revolution, and uh, now they don't want to let him out on a white-collar crime. Even though, and his attorneys claim that he was extremely articulate in his hearing, but not good enough. But again, I mean, he's an articulate dude. Oh yeah, he's my favorite hobo. Um, the <laughs> uh, he, so basically, the magistrate doesn't want to go out on a limb on this, and is always going to kick it up to a judge who right. has to go out on a limb. So um, I think that was expected. The magistrate always wants to. The magistrate is always going to side with the government, right? That's why my my attorney has. Has put in the order or put in the motion to amend the bell conditions so that Ian and I can have contact related to the show, yep. which, you know, would be tremendously helpful for the continuance of Free Talk Live, which, you know, which is the job that they told both you and Ian that you must maintain. Like, yes. there's a court <laughs> order that says you must maintain employment, um, and as the same as for Ian, and then they put every impediment possible in you maintaining that employment. Like, you know, if I could get a substitute for you and Ian right now, sorry to say, Aria, I truly would, but I don't have substitutes because you guys are so enmeshed and trained and these sorts of things. There's no way to do that. And, um, you know, I, you can't, not only can you not communicate with Ian, you cannot command somebody to communicate to Ian. So I can't right. hire you an assistant that would then talk to Ian's assistant because communication through proxies is also not allowed. Unless it was the uh, probation office themselves who were making those communications. That's true, but the probation office hasn't uh, demonstrated that it has much interest in our uh, concerns. You know, like they're, well, that's they're not rushing, necessarily true. But they're not rushing to get everything done. Not at all. My probation officer responded very quickly, and okay. she was 100% willing to direct my questions and my information to Ian's probation officer or oh, supervisor officer. No. Okay. And Ian's supervisory officer evidently returned, no, I'm not relaying any messages. So my, my supervisory officer, as far as you know, being a probation officer, effectively, for someone who's not on probation, they're on, yeah. they're on pre-release, is as good as I could have hoped for. Yeah. Well, um, I don't know what to do about any of this stuff as the, the person who's sort of left <laughs> in charge, holding the bag, as it were, yeah. um, you know. I mean, it's it's been challenging, but we've done what we could. Yeah. And I mean, that's all that can be said about it. As like uh, the caller mentioned earlier, you know, he's glad to see Free Talk Live decentralizing and, you know, modernizing and developing a second studio and possibly a third studio and all these other things. It's, that's out of necessity. You know, these options were always there. Well, no, they were never there because Ian wouldn't allow that to happen. Well, that was because no studio could possibly exist outside of New Hampshire because no place outside of New Hampshire could possibly be free. Don't talk about anything bad about New Hampshire. <laughs> if you suggest that there might be freedom someplace outside of New Hampshire, you are clearly a heretic. What kind of peace minister are you? Yes, but okay. That aside, Looney, the Obdusia studio was here in New Hampshire anyway. That's so, well. That's true. But yes. it it never would have been okay for me to broadcast. There would have never been a point in doing it. Um, you know, why would you use a studio? Why would you Fair spend point. the money on and use a studio across town unless you expected to get raided by the FBI? Which I don't think anybody really did. I certainly didn't. It, it was quite jarring that morning at six in the morning after I had been asleep for about two hours. Yeah, in to, your case, that's so. Yes, to be woken up in such a manner. I often get up at six. <laughs> I don't. On I did own. that day though. So, 
we were talking prior to all that, prior to the discussion about the six libertarians here in New Hampshire who were targeted and arrested by the federal government. We were talking about this overarching scheme from this from this talking head, former CIA. Is that what you said? Yeah, John Brennan, uh, he was former CIA director, um, which is quoted here in an article from uh, Jim Bovard on the Libertarian Institute's website. That's libertarianinstitute.org. Saying that he knows for a fact that the Biden administration with laser focus is going to go – after libertarians, yes. Um, Two that, months is pretty. That's that's laser focus. Yeah, it basically, that's the case. Is that um, the claim is out there, and it's by people who would know that the feds are coming for libertarians. And uh, here on Free Talk Live, we appear to be showing that that is true. And cryptocurrency. Be sure to run up to New Hampshire now. Go to freestateproject.org and sign up. It's a good time to because there, <laughs> there is strength in numbers well, at the very least. I don't know that I'd rush into this battlefield. I would. I mean, that's what libertarians want, right? Check out free, uh, freeprivatecities.org, too. It's Free Talk Live. Carl Watner, longtime proponent of a voluntary society, died last December. You may have seen his articles published on his website, voluntarius.com, in his newsletter, The Voluntarist, The Mises Institute, or elsewhere over the last 40 years. His newest book, I Must Speak Out, Volume 2, The Best of the Voluntarist, is now available via Liberty Under Attack Publications. This 430-page second volume spans the years of 2000 through 2020 and includes articles by Carl Watner. Watner, Hans Hermann Hoppe, Carl Hess, Benjamin Tucker, George H. Smith, Lysander Spooner, Pete Eyre, Joyce Brand, and many others. I Must Speak Out is for the newly initiated, the veteran voluntarist, or anywhere in between. Buy the book now at libertyunderattack.com slash voluntarist. For more great content on building a voluntary society and for Carl's extensive archives, check out voluntarist.com. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. If you want to join the conversation, that's 603-283-6160. With you in the Obnusius tonight studio tonight is Aria. And Mark and Conan and I'm you know I'm curious how much longer it's going to be before we're also joined by two cats because I do have two cats here and obviously they're they're terrified of people they're, I mean they're rescue so they they have started in recent years warming up to people because we generally come over here and hang out after work on Sundays but uh, they respond a lot better to women than they do men. So I expect they will make an appearance on Wednesday nights, which is She Talk Live, before they will anyone else. And even then, if I'm not here, they're, they're not going to bother with anyone out here. They're just going to hide. And I got cat smell on me. I don't think they'll mind that. Well, if they're anything like my cats, which are also one of them, the oldest cat, was a feral cat. I mean, when I say, and when I say feral, I mean crazy. Uh, and it took many years to uh, calm her down. Uh, but it's the same way when my parents come to visit in the summer, you know, in the fall. They'll stay in the basement for two straight days. <laughs> yeah. And they and you just they're like, I thought you had cats. 
Oh, I do. They're just not coming up until uh, they feel safe. And yep. the last year when they came to visit, it was about 12, 10, 12 hours, and they finally moseyed on up, and there, and it was like nothing happened. It's like, oh, yeah, this is part of the family. We're cool. We're chill. But, uh, yeah, it's it's something it, – it's, and it's one of the reasons I like cats. Yeah, they're not as eager to trust as dogs. They're, they're, like, uh, yes. If I had a dog, he he would he or she would be out here. We'd have a camera on them, and it, it would be the 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 obdusiest studio beast, just like Jazzy used to be, right? But cats, they're not going to sit in a bed and let a camera be on them. No, that's not going to work the same way. <laughs> Unless maybe you tie a ball to it or something. And oh, uh, that's not a bad idea. They do love catnip or a little catnip. Uh, by the way, I'm growing it this year too, so I'm going to have an abundance of it. Okay, awesome. Uh, I also have yeah. a laser pointer that if I even pick it up, I promise you. It would get them down here. And then they would be very mad at me for the rest of the night for, you know, tricking them into coming out here while there were other people here they didn't but know. But they will come. Here are two things to get the one cat who is not in the room presently to come in the room immediately. Number one, walk in the kitchen and reach up and grab the can opener. Oh, see, mine are all the flip top ones. So, if so they hear that sound too. If they hear that sound, yeah, they yeah, come running. Can opener is one of them. They come running. And the other one is if I start to pet and scratch and cuddle the one cat unchaperoned, the other <laughs> one will come running. I don't know how they sense it from halfway across the house. They do that. But they know that someone is getting some pettings and they're not and they come a running. They absolutely do. So, you have a cat related story or well, several cat related stories, actually. Well, Actually, first, I want to open it up with the rats, the mice problem, the mice plague that is currently afflicting Australia. So here in, in the States, uh, we are experiencing the cicada uh, uh, coming, the coming yeah. of the cicada, brood X. Uh, and I was looking at the map today, and I'm like, I wonder if we're going to get any of these things. Because growing up in Florida, it was a regular mainstay. It was you walk outside any time of the day. And they're just going to town. You can hear them making that crazy noise. It's just you. you I mean, you can't you can't uh, uh, mistake it for anything else. Yeah. You know what a cicada is. I always used to call them after reading Stephen Screaming King's. Bugs. Well, Stephen King's The Langoliers. Uh, okay. That's I rechristened them the Langoliers, and you know, okay. no one ever understood what I was talking about. Yeah, but, I don't think I understand what you're talking about. I may have even read the story and still don't understand because, well, I read it 30 years ago. <laughs> well, basically, you had these creatures off in the distance who were eating time and they made this whining crazy machine noise okay and i always i've always thought that it might sound something like a cicada they certainly do make a whining crazy machines noise so we're dealing with cicada right australia is dealing with a mouse plague swarms of mice are infesting rural towns in australia after its bumper grain harvest and destroying crops as the country continues to battle it's out-of-control rodent plague. Residents of New South Wales and southern Queensland have seen an explosion of mouse in recent months mice. with the rodents, mice, excuse me, of rodents invading homes, fields, and grain silos, and some of the residents spotting the rodents in their water supplies. And if you watch <laughs> the videos that are out there of this current plague, you know them going out at night, and it looks like there's water flowing over the surface of the ground. And wow. if you look a little closer, it's running, stampeding mice bodies. They're I just... have not seen any of this. Now, growing up... Uh, by the way, before, before we go any further with this, this is one of the reasons that I uh, just think veganism is absolutely insane. Okay? Like, forget whether or not you should consume as much meat as the American diet does. And I'm just going to go ahead and say it. No. We shouldn't. 
if we cut our uh, meat consumption in this country by uh, three quarters, we'd still get plenty in our diets. Uh, I'm not talking about the weightlifters. They can figure it out with whey protein or whatever the situation is. But um, the idea that it is immoral to kill an animal, while it may be defensible from a rhetorical standpoint, is absolutely indefensible from a practical standpoint. If you suddenly, for one year, stop killing rats, mice, deer, pigs, uh, and, and these animals are free in the environment, and this is just the ones I've come up with. There's probably several more that are out there um, that, my God. I'm not sure I agree. We, we, we wouldn't have anything left. Because a lot of the things that we kill kill the other things that we would otherwise have to kill. What do mice kill? What do rats kill? Uh, I don't know. But, what do pigs kill? But cats kill rats. Sure. I didn't. Cats was not on my list of things that uh, we should uh, that we have to kill in order to survive on this planet. I mice, that, rats, they... pigs, and uh, deer certainly are. Deer, deer is a big one, and, uh, and and feral wild pigs, especially down in yep. the in the south. I mean, there's a reason. About... There's a reason why they fly around in helicopters, popping these guys from with with AKs, right? Cause with because ARs, the food supply will collapse in the face of uh, unregulated mice, deer, uh, pigs, uh, rats, and these sorts of things. Collapse. There just won't be one. But you know what the next step is, Mark? Because they don't want us eating any of those things. They don't want us eating pig. Cow, you know, chicken. The next step, of course, is cicada. <laughs> Eating the insects? And I'm not even joking. They want us to, to live off a of cricket flower. Well, yeah, I think that that's true. And I don't think that there's the worst thing in the world is, uh, you know, introducing more insect-based food into our diet. Uh, I'm not against any of those things. Um, I'm not against it if I don't know about it. <laughs> well, like we like we spoke a couple of weeks ago, it's you, you, there is so much bug parts in the food that you're already eating that sure. we're getting a good 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 little bit already. But I just, mean, just if, naturally, if I go to a restaurant and I buy a sandwich, if they make the bread out of cricket flour or whatever, and it tastes indistinguishable from regular bread, I'm fine with that. I just don't want to know about it. I I actually wouldn't mind all that much. I uh, I eat a lot of different things, and uh, and and I know that. If it if it really gets nitty and gritty, of course I'm going to be eating cicadas. There's no I have no problem with that. But when people tell me that you, that you need must to eat, eat the cicada. that you must eat the cicada to save the planet because the cow farts are destroying the planet, then I'm like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, your science is your science is stupid. Uh, so um, what I would say, Ari, is is that uh, crickets can be raised in a um, uh, a more sterile environment than say a pig can. Um, pigs cannot be raised in a sterile environment. They're just, by their nature, not sterile. Nasty, I will say this about nasty. a pig. You <laughs> might even say they're pigs. Yes, they're, 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 they're filthy as pigs. Um, what I would say about them, though, is, is if God intended us to eat a meat, he intended us to eat pigs. Uh, I used to raise them. They go from the tiniest little puppy, the, the, the littlest thing, to 285 pounds in eight months, in one season. You have enough meat to feed a family for close to a year, if not, um, you know, a, a, a pioneer family that would uh, that would take their meat a little more seriously. I mean, if you're just talking about the American diet, then you know we're going to consume it much more quickly than right. that. But yeah, I mean, you know, I agree with that. Except it depends on what they were eating. If you were feeding them grain that the humans could have been eating, 
uh, then I will have to argue that no, it is not uh, the perfect meat source. When you when you consider right. 40 pounds of grain sure. to, to, to produce one pound of meat, yeah. it doesn't make sense. Now, if it's a if it's a and not a wild hog, but if it's a hog that's free grazing, yes, absolutely, I agree with you. But they tear the land up bad. In my case, I was uh, just getting uh, left waste food. Absolutely, and that's, them with that's that. the way to do it. Yeah. What do you think? Would you eat the crickets or the cicadas? Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. And if you would, would you want to know about it? It's Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. If you want to join the conversation, you're more than welcome to 603-283-6160. We've been talking about eating cicadas some for some <laughs> reason, but before that, we were talking about, I mean, just food in general. Evidently, Australia had a very successful grain crop, which, of course, created rats. So, of course... They need a bunch of cats, which, of course, is going to create a bunch of cat feces in the streets, which, of course, is going to require a new government department that goes out and just cleans up cat feces in the street, which, of course, is going to require a new tax, which, of course, is going to devalue the Australian currency. This is how this is how it works. You have a, we have a one government agency creating another government agency to pick up the, the slack from the first uh, this is this is typically how it works, and you you forgot already they have an agency that click that picks up the dead mouse bodies. Cause oh, yep, also an issue because the cats don't eat; they don't generally eat the whole mouse or the whole rat. They just sort of kill it. Well, that's the problem. That's actually the problem, and we're getting to that. But right now, to to really uh, uh, get a get an idea of what the Aussies are dealing with in this with this mouse situation, they like I said. It looks like the ground is moving. There's so many. It looks like running water on the surface. You have you have stores, grocery stores, who are who are uh, afraid to go into work the next morning because they know they've got 500 mouse bodies in the, all the traps that were set the previous day, and they've got to do something with these bodies. You've got mouses living in the in the walls. Mice. They're, mice. They're living in the uh, the the furniture. Uh, you've got the smell. I don't know if you've what ever. Would you suggest that they get chickens? Would chickens eat the mouse corpses for them? Uh, well, I feed chipmunks to my chickens, and they love them. Uh, however, every time I catch a rat, I bury him. I don't play around with I don't play around with Those that, that type of rodent. I'll feed I'll feed chipmunks and squirrels to my chickens, but I don't play around with the, well, the big as fat it happens, rats. I learned a number of years ago watching this documentary that rats aren't inherently you know disease carrying and unclean or anything like that. It's only when they're forced to live in sewers and stuff like that they become unclean. In but, crowd in crowded conditions. But it, there it, uh, it, it, but there are temples in India where they like will have rats eating out of their mouths, and none of them ever contract diseases from it. And the rats crawl over them. They're essentially tame pet rats. The rats that I'm finding in my in my coop and out in the woods are probably good to go. But I'm just not even playing around. It's not that important to me to save that little bit of meat. Uh, you know, you know, to turn that into calories. Turn that, yeah, exactly. Do. It's which is basically what I'm trying to do is you know be as cheap as possible, be as frugal as possible. But yeah, there 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 is an obvious problem going on, and I wanna I wanna cover. What this article thinks the issue is, experts claim the plague is due to the recent heavy summer rains across eastern Australia, which hit the country earlier 
after years of drought. And I agree with that. You have a bumper crop. Yeah. Now you've got, you've got corn and grain and all kinds of product all over the place. Of course it's going to cover. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna encourage, you know, rodent life. I raised pigs for years, and there's no way to have stored uh, carbohydrate products and not have rodents. And, uh, I five gallon buckets with airtight lids. So yeah. it's only gonna. And you know what? Rats can chew through plastic too. So I mean, if they if they <laughs> even sense that there yeah. might be some food in there, yeah, you're right. It's it's hard to keep a rat out of things. Well, I'll tell you, you can get a cat that'll kill mice, uh, pretty good, and there's lots of them that'll do it, and God bless their little souls. But you can't find very many that can take out a rat. And you can't. But on the subject of mice, I mean, cats are just tremendously helpful just for that purpose alone. Like when I moved here, there, there were mice here in in this house within a period of about three months. That problem was taken care of, and I have not seen a mouse since. Good. Well, here's here's where here's where I think their problem is. I don't think it had anything to do with the. the well, I think it had a little bit to do with the bumper crop, but here's their real problem. Another article from CNN. They're cute, they're fluffy, and they're public enemy number one in Australia. Australia is at war with feral cats. Uh, yeah, see, this is where they screwed up. This is where they screwed up. By 2020, the government wants to kill 2 million free-roaming cats, a large chunk of the total feral cat population, which is estimated to be between 2 million or 2 and 6 million. And by the way, this is uh, this was published April 2019. Yeah. Uh, Did they do they- it? Because if so, well, I, I would expect the Australian people to be carrying pitchforks and torches to their government. Except guess what? No one is covering this. They're blaming it on the rains. They're blaming it on the on, on, on government not being uh, taking care of the people. This article, this talking about all the cats being killed last year, it's not being covered. My bias is that the American people largely think what they're told to think and that the sure. Australian people are three times worse. That's my bias. I think know? they're probably a, is as bad as Americans. But yes, you're absolutely right. I mean, if we had this happen today here in the United States, it would be all about the rats, right? And there would be no attempt from the media to say, hey, you know, what actually created this problem? It's easy to say, oh, well, there's just a lot of food now. Okay, sure. But a lot of food isn't going to create a bunch of rats, right? They have to breed, and that takes time. And if you take out their apex predator. Yeah. So what happened last year? That could have given these rats time to breed to this degree that now suddenly they're swarming for all of the food. Correct. And the answer to that is obvious if the Australian government actually went through with this horrific, immoral, inhumane, insane, evil plan to kill two million cats. Well, here's the here's the problem, because it's not just government that came up with this idea. And it's and it didn't just happen last year. This is something that's been that's been plaguing Australia Aussies for for a good long time. And that is cats eat other things, too. Yeah, songbirds, spiders, wasps. Well, everybody hates hates it when they kill the songbirds. Birds, and um, it's true that cats do kill a lot of songbirds. Oh oh, no! In the case of my out outdoor cat, um, who uh, was always a great ratter, or excuse me, a great uh, mouser, she, I, I have never seen one lick of evidence that that cat has ever killed a songbird. I'm not saying it hasn't, but I haven't seen that it's ever killed a bird, period. I've seen a lot of evidence, however, that it's killed, uh, you know, mice and, and moles and voles and a variety of other rodents. So I tend to think that they kind of specialize one way or the other, but, you know, whatever. 
My cats eat a lot of insects. Like occasionally, a, a wasp will just get inside, and I never have to worry Drive about some it. Nuts. <laughs> yeah, I never have to worry about it finding its way to me because the cats will immediately find it, yeah, and they will stay on it until they manage to kill it. Mommy's and, little killers. And the same is true of spiders and all sorts of other little things that I don't want to kill, and I wouldn't kill, but I also don't want to share a residence with them. And evidently, neither do my cats. <laughs> and I appreciate them for that. Yeah. So this article goes on to explain that cats were probably introduced in the 17th century, and uh, it's, it's quite possible that they have actually driven 20, 20 mammals uh, to extinction. Uh, I mean, dur- cats are vicious little predators during yeah. during that time, and so of course you're gonna have a lot. You're gonna have all the greenies coming out, and especially the ones who like the songbirds. Yeah, but and this is like, also we have a to problem. do something about this. This is a problem that people created by introducing a foreign species to an environment that it didn't evolve in. Yeah, and, and my big question is, what was happening in the 1600s? Uh, did they also have rat issues, or because here's the thing. Here's what I know about man, uh, man agriculturalists, and uh, trying to get by and grow more than their land can produce. You're going to get rats. So, I mean, what is the other option? You're going to, you're going to put down poison? Because guess what happens? The rats eat the poison and something eats the rat and then they die. So you create a big old, a big old problem. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farm, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com It's Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. If you want to join the discussion, you are more than welcome to. That's 603-283-6160. With you in the studio tonight, of course, it's Aria. And Mark. And Conan. And we've been talking about about cats, realistically, and the overabundance of food that Australia suddenly has that is being devoured by these rats that just suddenly appeared it would seem and the reason they suddenly appeared was because last year in 2020 the australian government had this brilliant plan to murder to exterminate two million cats you certainly are passionate about cats (laughs) (laughs) and this isn't just like i said this isn't just last year this is an ongoing war on cats for many many probably decades you have you have the conservationists out there who who want what he when they want just nat nature to 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 be nice and green and beautiful and the songbirds doing their thing and what they don't realize uh especially and it really hurts me coming from a lot of these people who spend a lot of their time in, in the in the wild Nature isn't all that. It's pretty nasty at times. It's pretty wild. It's pretty. It gets. It gets aggressive. It's nasty. And to it presume that you gruesome. know what nature's going to do is always a bad idea. So I'm going to argue both sides of this. A, if you've got feral cats around your house and you decide that the best solution for you in your life is to start popping them with a 22, 
I don't particularly have a problem with that. That's you managing wildlife on your property. Just make sure it's feral and not it has a collar on its neck and it's the neighbor's cat because yeah. otherwise you're not going to hear the end of that. That's a yeah. That's a whole different story. Um, and don't send your cat outside without a collar. Is <laughs> uh, another thing I would say. Um, but usually, if you're seeing a fat cat. Uh, there's a good chance that cat belongs to somebody. If it's missing an ear and it's got, if it's, you know, it looks like patch patchwork, yeah. patchwork cat, Perhaps he's probably not. feral. But I will also say this. Let's not forget that the plague that wiped out one third of Europe was caused by uh, people that zealously believed that cats were of the devil. And they went on a crusade to kill cats. What happened was they killed the cats. So the rats bred. The rats had the fleas that carried the plague. Yep. They bit the people, and one-third of Europe died. This has been done before, ladies and gentlemen. Let's stop with the cat killing, the, the societal-level cat killing. Yeah, let's think, let's think how this worked. You know, This is one of the first animals that self-domesticated itself, yep. which, by the way, is very curious. Because, it it, is, because, but- because around the same time, we were humans domesticating, forcefully domesticating dogs, as well as cattle and other things. But the cat... He's just like, hey, you know what? I could, I could do this. Yeah. And it's like, it, 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 look, because what am I growing? I'm growing corn. I'm growing wheat. I got all this. I got all this product. And well, what, sure and what cats- is it? And what is it attracted? It's attracted rats. And the rat and the cats are like, I can handle this. I can do this. I'm not sure cats actually are domesticated. I think they just hang out. <laughs> you know? I, I, and I would agree with that. I've been bit enough times. But I'm not sure that they're entirely domesticated. Well, they like pettins. We've got two callers on the line, so I want to get to them. The first one, David from New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Well, conditions of release. So uh, just about any, from my experience, just about any wild animal will become domesticated or semi-domesticated. I mean, I just had ground squirrels in here on my lap eating crackers, and, and the bunny rabbits are eating nachos out on the porch, and they come around and ask me for them. Um, so I, I think just about any, and there's a long history of that. The the uh, deer will do this. I mean, every animal will, even even the yep. predators like lions. And, you know. Anyway, so conditions of release. I'm not sure I, about I brought wolves. That up. If I had to to make a list of things that simply will not be, uh, you know, domesticated, when, maybe when you, when you consider and here's and here as I understand it, here's the best way to tell the difference between a wolf and a dog. If you trap a dog, it'll just stay there trapped and it will die. A wolf chew will its chew its leg off, off to yeah. get away. That's the hu- that's the biggest difference. And so I don't know that like you, like you said, uh, Mark, I don't, I, I don't I don't think you can domesticate a dog. It's gonna ha- or a wolf. Uh, except through many, many generations of uh, trial and error and natural selection. Go ahead, Dave. I was, yeah, I wasn't talking about forcefully anyway. I was talking about it's a voluntary relationship. They they come around because they want to come around. Um, the the uh, but the conditions of release. So now you're dealing with it. I remember calling in your program uh, in uh, instances where I dealt on dealt with it on just stupid misdemeanor stuff. And I remember being in a, and there's a, there's a basic question here, but the, I want to give you the pretext first. The, in, in one situation, um, the, uh, it was a misdemeanor situation. I don't remember what it was for. And a judge, uh, in the arraignment or whatever, a judge, uh, and this is in the courtroom, uh, says, okay, so here's your, assign this, these are your conditions of release. And I'm like, well, just a minute. We didn't review that. We didn't discuss this in the courtroom. Uh, you know, what, you know, for instance, like, what's this no alcohol stuff? What you're accusing me of? There was has uh, there was no alcohol involved whatsoever in whatever this was, and like I said, I don't remember what it was. Um, so why is this on here? I'm not signing this, and and I said it firmly, and 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 I would have uh, you know pursued the issue had the judge not immediately yielded and said, 
oh, okay, I'll take those off. Um, uh, so, which leads to the question as, uh, what is the authority, and I mean the absolute final legal authority, uh, on conditions of release? Um, you know, like if you are, uh, uh, for instance, in the misdemeanor situation where there was no alcohol involved whatsoever and it was not uh, a, a crime of violence, it was just whatever it was, I don't even remember. But, uh, you know, so what is this no alcohol thing, no going into establishments that serve alcohol? What the hell is this doing on here in this circumstance? It doesn't pertain whatsoever. It's, as the legal term goes, it's arbitrary and capricious and an abuse of discretion on your part, Your Honor. So get it the hell off of there. Otherwise, we can fight it out in a courtroom uh, as per my motion. So is, is there a you question guys know, here? Yeah, there's always the... Uh, yeah, always... A, you know what? Every every time that somebody is talking like this, there are many questions in there, and you can pull them out yourself. But if you can't pull them out yourself, I'll tell them to you. And I already told it to you already in this discussion. I said, what is the ultimate final... Mark, you were saying... God, you are not a fan of David, are you? <laughs> not right. when he starts ranting like that and not letting anyone speak, I, you know... Well, what, what is the ultimate? It's free author- talk live. I guess he can call. What is rant. the ultimate authority? Is it's very simple. They will arrest you and hold you until you submit. What I'll say is, is that they, um, you know, they'll, they'll often pull that alcohol uh, prohibition thing. In fact, they did in your case. Uh, or yeah, they never even mentioned it. But they never let you keep a gun. Never. Like the first thing, yeah. and always when it comes to bail conditions, no gun for you. You know, and. There's a reason that people want to have guns to protect themselves. So you're saying that I'm on a bond. I don't get to protect myself. It's kind of an interesting question. It is. And I'm under those conditions. I'm not allowed to have a weapon. In fact, I was at the El- no weapon at all. No, I can't ba- carry a knife. No, huh. no, it, I can. But the blade has to be no longer than two inches. Basically, standard felon restrictions. I've got one that I'd like to show you and talk to you about, but go ahead. And that clearly is allowed because that blade is within two inches. Otherwise, I would have to ask you to take it outside because we're on camera and it would be a violation. No, no. You uh, can't be in possession. No, no. I can't be in the same room with it. I don't think that's the case. It is the case. My supervisor officer told me this directly. All right. I can't be in possession of it. Like if I'm in someone's living room. And they happen to have a firearm just mounted above their fireplace or whatever. That's a violation of my that's, conditions. So that's uh, active possession versus there's, – there's questions of active possession there. But if somebody's carrying a gun on their hip, then you'll never be in active possession of it. Uh, it's a legal term. Anyway, go ahead with David, please. David, are you still with us? Yeah, I've been saying hello, and there you are. You're finally back. Okay, so anyway – the, the you didn't understand by by my listening intently to what you said you didn't understand uh, what I what I had said because I, I had already answered your question and I and I asked you do you know um, and the implication is if you don't know you should probably ask your attorney to find out uh, if you're interested conditions of release where is because you can't just pull them out of your FTC ass um, you have yeah and there's the music so. Anyway, thanks thanks for the call tonight, David. Um, th- this isn't a misdemeanor. I-, I want to remind people of this. This is a felony before the federal government. You want me to go in there and demand the federal judge explain to me his jurisdiction, his legal authority? No, thanks. You put your ass on the line if you want to try that nonsense.
It is Free Talk Live. I'm not going to give out the number again. I mean, we do have someone actually there at the studio screening calls and stuff, but I'm not sure if they're actually sitting there constantly. So, I mean, final segment, and we've got plenty to discuss anyway. Among those things is cats. Now, Mark, you had said that you're okay with the possibility of, you know, someone killing feral cats that are on their property. I am not okay with that. Okay, tell me why. Uh, because they're cats. All right, I understand. You're, you're <laughs> that, that, that's pretty much the extent of it. I, I would say the same about dogs, to be fair, and probably rabbits and other miscellaneous creatures. I mean, there's some ground. There's a family of groundhogs that made their home out under the shed out here that I don't have any objection to. I mean, they're just peacefully coexisting with me. I understand that a feral cat may not be peacefully coexisting with you, though. Yeah. So in that case, precisely the, know what a cat is going to do. Other than say harm your cat, um, sure, and or harm your dog for that matter. I mean, uh, a mean cat is uh, got the jump on any de- <laughs> nice dog. They will kill your chickens. Well, in a sure. Heartbeat. I had yesterday. The neighbors let their cat out for the first time. I had never seen this cat before, and this son of a gun was stalking. My chickens. Now I don't know if he, if he could have done anything. I have a I have a, a sizable rooster in he there. He could with a pullet, though. Um, you know, a smaller chicken that was there. Oh no, absolutely. And and here's the thing. I was I actually had a a big old tote. I I I have every generation in totes uh, with sawdust on the bottom. I had actually taken one with about fifteen chickens, babies in it, chicks, and they're they're just sitting out there in my back porch. Now if this guy had had wised up, and I think that I think he was actually. Uh, tracking them at first until he started getting a sense of me walking around and he, and he took his, his business to the back of the yard and went after the big girls, but he was in total, uh, attack mode. Yeah. And, uh, and I had to go walk over there and talk to him. But so this is, this, it, I, I would never want to do it, but this is just like pigs. This is like feral pigs. This is just like the deer population. There are, there, you, we as uh, the the husband the husbandry are the, uh, the the people that are in charge of the animals. We are in charge of the world, yeah. and and if we are going to grow crops, it's going to attract mice, and we need cats to take care of them. But you know what? There's going to come a time when there's going there's too many cats, and well, if they and if they don't get enough food, they're going to go after things that are important to you. And just like the deer population, if you have too many of them, guess what? They get sick. You get you get the they they get nasty diseases and then and then they start spreading it amongst themselves and before you know it, you have a you have a plague so it's our, I think it's our responsibility we have to go out there and clunk one on the head every now and then well long term or a bucket of water long term there there are solutions to the feral cat problem that would be for people to spay and neuter their their cats but long term a spayed or neuter cat can kill uh, chickens too and if your neighbor's cat is killing your chickens you, first you talk to the neighbor. Maybe you talk to the neighbor twice or three times, but at some point or another, the only solution is is to protect your chickens. And that is, and it's, per, and you are perfectly uh, uh, within the law to do so. Yeah, the, most of the most of the crime calls, most of the reasons for a cop in rural America is dog dog or cat calls. You know, do, dog calls basically is what we call them, pet calls. So um, I'd like to say. Having been a pig farmer and thus talking to more pig farmers than the average person does, I've heard some stories about things that pig farmers have done in the f- past, like keeping cats in order to keep rodents down. And they, many of them have come to the conclusion – this is shocking, Ari, and I just want you to be prepared for it um, – 
kept cats for the, with the intention of keeping rodent populations down, but they didn't want too many cats. And the best mousers are pregnant female cats. So they would keep, uh, I don't want to hear the rest of the story. I don't think, well, let's just say some kittens end up in bags. Yeah. See, I didn't want to hear the rest of the story. Mark. And I'm not, I think this, you know, to me, I just don't have simply have the sensibilities for this kind of thing, but, I, I kind of understand the utilitarian aspect of it. Like, it seems wrong to me, but, you know, I mean, I can see how somebody has just a different relationship to death than I do. You know, to me, if you're going to have kittens, give them away to people that are going to love them. Um, but yes, that but would be I would agree with that. my uh, statement on, on the, the topic. But, and, and, and are you brought up a good point? Uh, the, the neutering and spaying in this country is so... Uh, I think out of control uh, to such an extent that you think it, people aren't doing it or they are doing it's it. It's too much. It's too much. Okay. It's, it, I can't. It's hard to get your hands on a good cat these days. Uh, you can go to the and and the only place you can get them is to go to the the pound. And then here in New Hampshire is an ungodly amount. I think they want after you after everything is paid and done and paid for, they want like four hundred dollars for like an old cat that's probably got another couple li- uh, years left in it. It's like. No, man, I want a kitten that's going to, you know, stay with me for the next 20 years. But no, it's, and that I don't have to pay for it because back, back in my day, you, the neighbor had a cat with kittens. And it's like, hey, we have some cat kittens. Come get some. And yep. you're like, all right, I'll take that one right there in the middle. And it's, and it's done. Now that nowadays, that's non-existent. That's now, often how it was in Mississippi as well. Is like, hey, I want a kitten. Hey, my neighbor's friend has a kitten. Okay, cool. I'm going to go pay them a visit. And, and and you can't even I know there's some social media Facebook is a prime example. You can't even advertise that you have free cats. Why not? For what I don't even know what for what for what reason. You definitely can't sell them. Oh, because they're worried that you're, you know, a, running a, a, a puppy. A cat, a cat mill, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can't even imagine what 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 the profit margin is on twenty five dollar cats. Um I mean I I don't know. And uh, another well, thing about puppy good. mills is everybody thinks every single breeder in the country or even half of them, or even some large percentage of them, is uh, a puppy mill? This is crazy. Like, a puppy mill, we need to have a distinction as to what this term means, or it's just like running around calling every woman a hoe, right? I mean, this makes no (laughs) sense. Um, You know, Anybody who has more than two breeders, a male and a female, and uh, is selling more than, uh, I guess... uh, uh, ten ten puppies a year is a puppy mill in this I, in no, this country. What about, I, I would well, suggest that it's the industrialization of puppy breeding, in the same way that Tyson is running a chicken mill. Right? They've industrialized it to the extent that it's inhumane, it's overcrowded. But I, the inhumanity is what I see on it. Is the people make a presumption about inhumanity when it comes to dog breeders? My mother bred dogs, and I looked after Rottweiler puppies uh, quite a bit in my youth, and I can tell you those. Puppies were taken great care of. Um, you know, I have a couple of rescue Dobermans right now uh, because that's the, those are the breeds my mom's my mom likes. Um, and these animals, like there, there are breeders that take bad care of animals. Yep, and you always hear about them in the news because people are more more fearful of uh, people beating on dogs than they are of some kid getting picked up at the bus stop. That's probably true in this country, anyways. Um, well, at least there's. Uh, <laughs> but I'll say this: is a lot of dogs are in the pound especially no-kill shelters, because they're awful, 
right? Yep. Like some percentage of animals need to be culled, in my opinion. Um, if you want, let's say, let's say we want certain things from dogs, like, I don't know, good behavior, not to bite the face of our children. Um, you know, perhaps, uh, you know, well, pee all over be the nice place. to us, you know, whatever it is. There's some behaviors that is considered, well, unacceptable when it comes to a dog and that nobody's going to want. Like dogs that bite kids in the face, bad. Dogs that sure. guard food, bad. You know, like these kind of behaviors. And sometimes you simply cannot break a dog of these particular habits. And I know people would love to believe that dogs are all trained to do things, but some are just, they've got personalities. All you have to do is have a litter of puppies to see that that's true. Especially when you consider how many inbred dogs we have in our in our culture. You have dogs that just been, they've just been bred with their, their mom too many times. And Well, and many times when it comes to a shelter dog, you have no idea what the history of this is. Yeah. And I, I got a cat from a shelter, and he had behavioral problems we dealt with it for a very long time and the cat you know died in old age but not everybody would have and that shelter set that cat up to be you know put down because it should have been end of story it had behavioral problems and it should have been put down and a dog with worse behavioral problems that harms a kid like i'm just saying it would help if you know five percent of animals should be called if shelters were more upfront about the behavioral problems, they don't of know. Cats. Somebody turned this cat in because it had a behavioral problem. The shelter didn't have uh, a way of knowing that it had this behavioral problem. The cat pooped on pillows. Speaking okay. of shelters, Chicago has a rat problem as well. Guess what they're doing? Are you killing cats? <laughs> Actually, they some central planner figured it out. They learned from Australia's issue where they're killing cats, and instead, Chicago central planners are releasing one thousand. Feral cats are shelter cats, neutered, uh, spayed and neutered. Yeah, excellent. They're releasing them into the streets and are actually tra- uh, 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 training the uh, business owners and the neighborhood to supply food and, and, and water. Not necessarily food, but water and shelter if needed. But uh, what could possibly go wrong? Well, well, I can tell you some songbirds are going to die. <laughs> this is true. But, I mean, when you have a rat problem like, like, like Australia has, hey, you know what? Them birds can die. I don't want rat poop in my house. That stuff stank. It's nasty. You're not wrong, but humans, the states have never done anything good, even releasing cats. The new fourth edition of Healing Our World, The Compassion of Libertarianism, will take your understanding of liberty to a deeper level and has over 1,300 updated references, new cartoons, and a forward by Dr. Ron Paul. With discounts for multiple book purchases, the fourth edition of Healing Our World is a great gift for the liberals, pragmatists, environmentalists, and Christians in your life who think libertarianism is cold-hearted. Get yours today at healing.freetalklive.com and use promo code FTL for a $5 discount. If there's a sudden disaster and you can't get to the grocery store or they're all out of food what would you do you wish you had emergency food to get you through the crisis and that's why we're here we're mypatriotsupply.com america's leading source of emergency food our food lasts for up to 25 years and millions of families trust us for their disaster survival won't you join us Unlike other food companies, we don't skimp on calories. Our meals give you more than 2,000 calories per day. Why? Because that's what you need to survive any challenging crisis. And right now, you can save $200 on our popular three-month emergency food kit. Just go to MyPatriotSupply.com and place your order. We ship fast. 
two to three days max. And your food arrives discreetly right to your door. So order today and save $200 at MyPatriotSupply.com. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. 